0: Hey, everybody. Josh Wigler here with a little bit of a heads up for what you are about to listen to in this podcast. Mike Bloom and I, we've been covering Stranger Things 3 since June, which seems ridiculous and has been ridiculous if you have certainly listened to some of our Stranger Things adjacent podcasts. This is the conclusion. This is the final Stranger Things adjacent podcast, and it's taking its cues from the characters of Stranger Things themselves. Much like Mike, Dustin, Lucas, and Will love playing Dungeons & Dragons, today, Mike and I are going to participate in a role-playing game of our own hosted by a very special guest who you will meet in just a little while. So if that sounds fun for you, you are going to enjoy this podcast. There's dice rolling, luck rolls, combat rolls. I'm sure I'm getting the terms wrong, uh, but all sorts of action and adventure an intrigue like that as we are playing a game that is based in Hawkins, Indiana, dealing with creatures from The Upside Down, and characters from other universes as well, potentially. Uh, Get ready to meet Droopy Drawers. You're going to like that guy. Uh, If that does not sound like the podcast for you, no harm, no foul. This is very much in the goofy column as far as the things that you will find here on Stranger Things coverage by Post Show Recaps. Uh, Before we get into the podcast proper, I want to take a quick second to thank our sponsors for this episode. And those are our friends over at Truecar. 60 seconds. That's exactly how long this commercial will last. You know what else you can do in about a minute? Get an offer for your car with TrueCar. That's right. In the amount of time it takes to floss your teeth, pet your dog, do a few sit-ups, or just listen to my voice, you can get a true cash offer. Best of all, you can do it from your smartphone or home. Just go to TrueCar and simply enter your license plate number and watch how your car's details are going to start popping up up answer a few questions and you'll get an accurate true cash offer from a local true car certified dealer it's that easy after that you can bring your car in and they'll check it out with you together you can ask questions and get the answers you need so there's no surprises then simply leave with your check or trade in your car for a new ride so when you're ready to experience a better way to sell or trade in your car check out TrueCar today With that said, let's get into this very strange, final Stranger Things podcast. And also, quick note that there may be a teaser about what Mike and I are doing in our next podcast. And by a teaser, I mean, we're going to outright tell you. So stick around to the end of this podcast and we'll give you more information. Stranger Things 3 is over and has been for a minute now, but our Stranger Things adjacent podcasting is continuing and about to wrap up as well here with Stranger Things Tales from the Upside Down. Hello, everybody. I am Josh Wiggler, and I am joined here uh, by my, my brother from the same mother in the case of this particular podcast, Mike Bloom. Mike, that'll make more sense in a couple of minutes. Hello, boils and goers! Oh my god! That's that the that's the so tails <laughs> we're doing, right? Oh, jeez, that was horrifying and unexpected. I don't know why you went full
1: Cryptkeeper on me. Well, you said tails, so maybe I'm just inspiring. The Cryptkeeper doesn't have full dominion over the word <laughs> tails. Oh, you said it if you say it one more time i'll appear no like I, I want no
0: cut that no more no more Crypt keeper is Crypt right. triggering for me sounds good
1: we'll be doing me. we'll be doing some dice keeping instead of cripkeeping this episode but yeah we are we're closing the gate officially on our stranger things season three coverage as we go from july into august we were doing it in such a truly unorthodox fashion that I am very, very excited to get into it with our very, very special guest.
0: Yeah. I mean, technically we started in June. It was our preview podcast. So who knew three, three ish months of Stranger Things podcasting, uh, was probably not on anybody's post show recaps bingo card. And we're I, we're getting closer imagine, to Halloween. Stop, stop, stop. Don't do that anymore. I'm out. Uh, All right. Well, let's bring in our special guest today because it's not just Mike and I today. We are very excited to be joined here today by the man who is going to be pushing us through today's podcast, faithful listener of The Post Show Recaps. He's a name that you may know as R. Philly, one of the most prolific contributors when it comes to feedback and listening to everything that we've got to do. And I believe, first time on the podcast, outside of a voicemail, I am so thrilled to welcome the great Rich Filiberto. Rich, how you doing?
2: I am doing great. I'm very nervous. That crypt geeker voice um, really threw me. for
1: It's weird. Okay. weird. Blue. I'm I'm, no. putting, I'm packing him away. He's backed in the crypt. Uh, I'm gonna pu- you know pull out some other janky voices maybe over the course of this podcast. But he is staying firmly away at least until October. When you know all bets are off.
0: All right. Well, I will be putting a note in my calendar to not podcast with you in October, except for that one podcast (laughs) that that one one thing in October. Um, Rich, we we have you here because we you you came to Mike and I with an idea long ago, actually unrelated to Stranger Things, of of something that would be fun for us to do together someday, and then again in the context of Stranger Things when. To me, it really made sense and became something that was like an undeniable idea that we had to do. Uh, And of course, everybody who watches Stranger Things, who knows the Stranger Things knows that the Hawkins boys... They love themselves some tabletop role-playing games. They love themselves some D&D. And anybody who's listened to these Stranger Things podcasts know that Bloom and I are nerds who love our nerdy things. <laughs> yeah, uh, unlike Erica, will you not deny the fact that we are we nerds? We don't. We let our freak flags fly very high. Uh, Mike, I believe, uh, a proud uh, D&D disciple. Uh, myself, surprisingly, maybe not so much. It was just something that completely evaded me in uh, my youth and didn't follow me into my adulthood at all. Even though I play some tabletop board games, I've never played uh, a real uh, tabletop RPG. That changes now! That changes now on this podcast. Uh, I am going to play my first tabletop RPG in the form of something really fun that Rich has cooked up for us that everybody is now going to get to experience together. Rich, what are we getting into today on this special Final Stranger Things podcast?
2: What are we getting into? Well, allow me to earn my nerd credibility here, Josh, um, Mike and I have certainly played a lot of Dungeons & Dragons together. I think a lot is fair to say, right, Mike?
1: Yeah, I'd say a, a, definitely a fair amount. We've gone through a campaign or two, and considering what those campaigns are comprised of in terms of actual runtime, safe to say, uh, you know... I have been at your mercy a number of times over the past couple of years from a narrative perspective.
2: Indeed, we have. And so um, I've been D&D has been a huge part of my life since I was a kid. I'm born in 1980, so I get a couple of years on you guys and subsequently Stranger Things really resonates with me. I I love it so deeply, but um, I didn't want to get us in over our heads. Dungeons and Dragons is, in fact, a very complicated game. Its origin is in war gaming. And so I'm really into game design. And the intention of D&D is very much a game where you're playing characters who engage in great amounts of violence. And there are are an extended amount of rules to extrapolate how that violence plays out. What we're going to do today is very different. It's a very different animal. Um, We're going to play a game called Tales from the Loop. A okay. Really, really interesting tabletop role-playing game. It actually originated around the art of this guy named Simon Stalinhag. And so Stalinhag's focus is uh painting paintings of the 80s that never was and it's very much this mm. kind of retro sci-fi in a world similar to our own but slightly different and in that end you play kids who are going to pursue a mystery and it really dovetails so perfectly with stranger things i
0: was gonna say they seem completely unrelated yeah, uh that's great
2: um It's a fascinating little game. It's got a really rules light system. It's very narratively focused. It's very much about the story of a bunch of children in a a strange town where mysterious and dangerous things happen. But the kids can never die. I know you love that, Josh.
0: I do love that because if I were to play a game where my character was up for death, they would die quickly is my (laughs) prediction. So the fact that I have uh, cheat codes on through this experience makes me very happy indeed.
2: Um, Excellent. Cool. So, yeah, we're going to sit down. We're going to play a game of Tales from the Loop. We're going to set our game in... Hawkins, Indiana, and uh, I think we're, I've put a little story together that's going to run parallel and uh, adjacent to season one of Stranger Things. And to that end, you guys have sat down and made some characters with me before we got together today. The characters uh, in, in this game are kids, as I said. And so you're going to choose from a couple of archetypes. It's very breakfast club in terms of uh, the options you have of what to play. We're not fighters and wizards. There is no will the wise. There will be no fireballs today. But um, you guys have made a a pretty interesting pair of kids. And to that end, I'm really looking forward to putting you through your paces and seeing how you deal with um, the mysteries of Hawkins, Indiana. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Tabletop role-playing games for anybody who hasn't ever played one or seen anything more than the party on stranger things. We're going to take these characters and we're going to frame them up in a couple of scenes. And we're going to play through the scenes one by one. You've got a number of attributes Uh, and skills that'll help you overcome the trouble you're going to encounter you're going to roll dice when you come up against obstacles and uh, try to overcome them and we're going to play to see what happens
1: yeah i would say it essentially combines improv with rpg video games in terms of you are essentially you know we created these characters we'll certainly talk about uh, like rich said these are sort of like the Rosencrantz and Guildenstern, if we're calling the main party the our Hamlets and our Laertes of this you know, very macabre tale. But essentially, these are characters running completely parallel to what's going on. I'm intrigued to see how much we actually mix in with the characters that we know and love from Stranger Things. But essentially, we'll be following a storyline that Rich presents to us. But everything we say and all the decisions that we make are of our own volition. That being said, there will certainly be times where certain skills that we have attributed to these characters will be tested, in which case we will have to leave that up to luck in the form of a dice roll. And depending on the number that comes up on said die, that is going to determine whether or not that thing we attempt to do succeeds or fails, and therefore how the story dovetails from there.
0: Yeah. So we're going to be rolling dice here on this podcast. And by we, I mean, uh, I will not be Mike has the dice. Mike is going to be rolling dice for me whenever dice need to be rolled for me. So any bad luck that I have is completely attributed to Mike Bloom and all the success I will take for myself. Um, but, but be, oh, there we go. I, we've got. We've got some, uh, some sound effects going There's on nice here. Nice dice Foley happening. Dice, for you all. dice Foley. The only kind of Foley we want here on post show recaps. Uh, no, I'm very excited about this. This is something that I've been meaning to do for a while. I didn't think that I would be, uh, uh, turning in my tabletop RPG V card on a podcast, but, but here we are. And this is where it's happening. And I think it's very appropriate to happen in the context of Stranger Things. So. To break it down, we are doing a game that takes place in Hawkins, Indiana. I believe it runs parallel with the first season of Stranger Things. Isn't that right? Indeed, it does. So we're going all the way back to the era of season one of Stranger Things, uh, nineteen. 83 is where this is going to take place. Mike and I have both already sat down with Rich. We've established the characters that we are going to be playing. We had all these different archetypes to choose from. We chose our archetypes. I think we've come up with some uh, some really fun characters in connection to one another. And then beyond that, I have no idea what we are about to get into. So uh, even though we've already turned in a 4 hour and 20 minute podcast post Stranger Things finale, this may not be as long as that, but it could possibly be weirder than that one, uh, so I'm looking forward to seeing what we are about to get into um Mike, anything else before we hand the reins over to Rich?
1: No, I think let's just let the man do the talking and then we'll uh we'll get into who we are, and then rich will let us know what the heck we're doing here, all right, rich, take it away,
2: okay, excellent, so um, I think our scene opens. Uh, with the with the black title card and we see the date November 6th, 1983, Hawkins, Indiana, um, and we hear a sound first as as vision comes into view, beep, 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 and it starts getting louder, boop, boop, boop. And, and we can see down the length of um, hallways, concrete, industrial, there's metal doors on either side of so us. The, the lights are flashing. There's a dim red glow as um, power kicks off and the emergency lighting turns on and all those, those wonderful red lights in the hallways of these industrial buildings turn on. We could hear the sound of footsteps staggering down a hallway, heavy breathing, panting. And uh, into vision comes a man in a lab coat. There's there's blood smeared on his hands. He is oh God. In his eyes. He's sweating. And he's staggering his way down the hallway where he stops in front of a pair of stainless steel elevator doors. And he begins relentlessly hammering on the button, turning behind him. We could see the frantic look in his eyes behind his glasses, the heavy breathing. And as the elevator doors open, he staggers inside, turning. And it's then that we hear. Whoa.
1: <laughs> Ooh. Oh my god. Whoa, are you Krifty sure
2: you don't Murty want the my <laughs> Oh my god. He frantically turns from side to side and then he looks up. At the last minute, as darkness drops down in on top of him and we hear his screams of pain and fear as as the scene cuts and it's now that we actually hear a different set of footsteps moving quickly. It's the click clacking, the clattering perhaps of of a woman's
1: missus clickety Clickity-Quackity? Oh, she's back. <laughs> Catherine O'Hara is making her way into Tales. <laughs>
2: Oh, I'm so proud of Catherine O'Hara Belongs and tales. But we hear the clicking and clacking of a, a woman's heel on, on concrete floor. And we can see now two figures emerging from the darkness, moving down a very similar hallway to the one that we just saw, uh, a tall, thin woman with a bob of blonde hair around her. And she's got a smaller figure next to her in uh, in a hospital gown with a blanket wrapped around it. And um, we see her making her way down the hallway to a very similar elevator, the one we just saw and an armed guard stands in front of it, a man holding some type of, uh, of military weapon. And he says to her, um, Agent Fraser, Agent Fraser, what do we do? And she says, tell Dr. Brenner I've got number four. I'm escorting him to the offsite facility. I believe it's then that the darkness drops in and we hear our uh, our, our opening sequence, our title song of uh, post-show recaps, Tales from the Upside Down. And as the scene fades to black and the kind of music plays out, uh, the camera comes back into focus. And Mike, we see a, a young man. Where is it that we find uh, young Derek Klein?
1: Derek Klein is a rocker by nature, this young 13-year-old kid uh, is someone who you would see in the background of these high school scenes in Stranger Things Season 1, but not necessarily pay that much attention to him. He's a little scruffy-haired, string bean, scruffy-looking nerf herder, if you will. Someone who doesn't really stick out, and that's absolutely fine with him, because the minute he ends up getting the uh, ability to leave Hawkins, he's making his way to L.A., he's going to get that big music contract. Derek Klein has dreams, and he's... Acting on those dreams right now, uh, Derek is practicing with his rock band, Hawk and Roll, uh, one of the most preeminent young rock bands in Hawkins, Indiana, probably the only one uh, comprised of a few teenagers and himself. They were so happy a couple of years ago to take the bronze medal in the northern indiana battle of the band currently (laughs) hanging in their workplace at this moment uh derek is the bass player for the band alongside his other brand members uh, we have missy trailer is the uh, lead vocals and uh, does a little bit of rhythm guitar we have russ poirot on lead guitar and on drums slash miscellaneous percussion, the one and only Daniel Droopy Drawers Drummond, and they are tearing it up to Derek's favorite song, "Every Breath You Take" by The Police. Uh, and as they're they're about to finish their their final you know track of the night, the sun has gone down at this point. And even though Derek is not necessarily sure who's going to be waiting for him by the time he gets home, he you know he has to head out at a certain point, because the other three uh, certainly have other obligations to fill.
0: That's so elaborate! I haven't prepared anything anywhere even close to that elaborate! <laughs> oh my god! Oh my god, but I feel like a fly on the wall at this band practice. I love that song.
2: Um, I think that Derek Droopy Drawers, as as the music like finishes up, and the band is like packing up their equipment, I think Derek, uh, or, or uh, Droopy Drawers, turns to you, Derek, and he just says, um, he says, man... This year we're going to take silver for sure. There's there's no chance that that we're not going to do better than we did last year. We sound great.
1: Oh man, listen. We got in these new pedals. We got you got the double bass drum going on. Listen, we're going to rock the hell out of Northern Indiana BOTB this year and they're not going to know what they're going to see coming. Age is just a number, man. We're here to defy it.
2: We're, we're gonna get out of this town. I'm telling you, Decline. There, there's no chance. Uh, uh, we're gonna make it big. I'm sure of it. Our sound, our style. This "Every Breath You Take" jam. You, you, you've got you've got all the right the right picks. Uh, I'm with you, D.
1: What can I say, man? I got a musical taste that defies generations, man. Well, anyway, I got I gotta scram. I don't know if my old lady's gonna, you know throw me out or anything if i come in late it's clear that this kid is a big old poser in front of uh in front of his bandmates he clearly is someone who's you know trying to basically he predates hipsters by about 30 years but it's very clear that he would have that attitude how Stranger Things Taken Place in the two, in the 2010s. Uh, cause this kid outside of this garage is a total goober, total wallflower. Uh, so as he said goodbye to so the says goodbye to his bandmates, he's gonna hop on his uh, you know, pretty rusty bike uh to take off into the night. Is it like the the
0: bike is like pretty rusted, or it's like both pretty and rusty?
1: I would say that at one time it was pretty. You could tell that was a, a get from his parents, maybe like five years ago that both due to their own negligence and maybe his own lack of caring uh, has gone into a bit of disrepair maybe he feels like it's cooler this way he certainly idolizes you know these rock and roll musicians and he, he wants to sort of he hasn't exactly gone for that aesthetic completely but i think he tries to institute their sort of values in normal life and i guess his mode of transportation is one reason how it, or is one way for him to do that
2: cool Excellent. And I think, uh, yeah, as you hop on your bike and and, uh, your boy Droopy Drawers is kind of jumping on his, he turns and looks over to you and he's just like, uh, he's like, Derek, I know, I know you don't want to do it, but you really should invite Nancy. If she hears you play, well, there's no way that she could resist your charms. I'm telling you.
1: Uh, you have to stop that okay she's she's with steve harrington she's she has nothing to do with this little meat kid who can just pluck a few strings okay music might be a, a way to the soul but it's not the way to her soul dude i i, I appreciate it but i'm just gonna i'm gonna keep admiring from afar
2: he throws his hands up in the air in a bit of like exasperation, and he's like, "I'm sick of guys like Harrington, <laughs> girls like <laughs> uh We'll have our day, Derek. We'll have our day."
1: Oh my God, Droopy Drawers Drummond has become my new favorite character already.
0: <laughs> I think uh, Phil- Droopy Drawers for season four for sure.
2: Yes, please. Droopy fours <laughs> uh, with the gravitron operator, please. And so I think he throws his hands up in the air in exasperation, just kind of shaking his head at the state of the world that Steve Harrington gets to date a girl like Nancy Wheeler while she doesn't even know that decline exists. And, uh, he turns and, and wheels off into the darkness the opposite way on his bicycle as you begin to make your way home. And, uh, to that end, we look to the other of the brothers, Klein, uh, Kevin. Kevin? Yeah. Kevin.
1: <laughs> oh no, Mrs. Clickety Clackety's here.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yes. All right. Kevin Klein, a troublemaker, 15 years old uh he's a spray paint artist he's a he's a he's a guy who gets into all manner of mischief because he's going around Hawkins if you've been seeing any graffiti in the background, you can thank your man k klein kevin klein uh who has uh who has a knack for tagging anything he sees uh inappropriate commentary whatever he's thinking you're feeling it he's not keeping anything out of his uh he's no filter. Hashtags are not yet really a thing, but no filter for <laughs> you Kevin. To call it the
1: pound sign instead because it's on yeah, the phone.
0: <laughs> yeah, pound yeah, the pound sign, no filter for Kevin the pound sign Klein, uh who is in a little bit of trouble right now. Uh it was a school day, but Kevin was not in school, even though he's fifteen, he's been expelled from Hawkins School. We'd rather not talk about exactly why. That's one thing that Kevin thinks is off limits because he thinks it's nonsense. He thinks it's political that he's been expelled. Uh, his parents don't want to hear it. His parents are furious and they want Kevin to get a job. Uh, Kevin has been uh, lying to his parents who are, who are basically no shows in his life anyway uh, and has been lying to them and saying he's been going out for job interviews and he's really, really close to landing a, a job as a pizza delivery boy around town. But that's not true. The reason he's been making any money is because of a side hustle he's been doing. And that takes us to where we see Kevin when this picks up for him. He is out by the train tracks and he is spray painting a little message for his boss and what he is spray painting is, I've heard some strange beeps. I've heard some strange beeps, and somebody's going to be coming along and seeing that message, and he is going to have a pickup where he's going to be able to get some money for that message. the The identity of his boss, uh, perhaps, should be should be revealed at a later time. But that's I where lo- we find I, Kevin. He's on the train tracks right
1: now. I, I love the fact that you made a character who's literally the exact opposite from you. It, it really is fantastic. I mean, you don't know anything about my
0: high school story. How do you know I didn't get into some trouble as as a young as a young, I didn't. I
2: was Consig-
1: pretty, considering the Gravitron story you talked about on the podcast. I don't I know if that's going to be like, the same person. <laughs> <laughs> I guess that's
2: true. I was about to say that's a that's like a scavenger hunt activity. Go find the Wiggler tags from uh, the, the late 90s all over Long Island.
0: I have no artistic ability. This is all aspirational stuff.
2: Um, Well, to that end, uh, young Kevin, as uh, you finish your message, do you also have a bike? Is that how you get yourself around?
0: Yeah, I have a bike. It's, it's whatever. Take it or leave it. It's pretty rusty as well and not in the pretty variety. It was never pretty. It was always a
2: piece of junk. Cool. It's on brand. So as you jump on your piece of junk, rusty bike, and start pedaling off into the night, making your way back to the Klein Estate where uh, you'll meet your younger brother, I think we see you riding down the, the streets of Hawkins, and we see actually um, some of the streetlights begin to flicker and pulse, and they flicker, and then... Whoosh, they go out and uh mm-hmm. you're riding through darkness you see this uh this pair of headlights coming down the road and it kind of passes you and it's this uh this long black lincoln town car with um these like semi-tinted windows quite ominous and and they're making speed they're definitely wailing down this road where uh they kick up dust and gravel at you and i think
1: oh i i, I thought something completely different when you said making speed <laughs> Uh. (laughs) like wow we're going to like hardcore into like narcos territory on stranger
2: things now this is not tales from heisenberg um so so uh, I think, as this car like kicks past you and the dust and the gravel of the road gets kicked up around young Kevin Klein on his piece of junk rusty bike uh the the scene fades again, and um so yeah, we find ourselves now um the two brothers klein young derek is is a great aficionado of his older brother Kevin's art, is that right
1: yeah, absolutely, I mean, I think that he is someone who. And enjoys the concept of art. Obviously, I think he'd prefer music above visual art. But I think while his parents, to Kevin's point, might uh, disregard, you know, the potential in him, he sees something cool in him. It's, it's a combination of rebellious yet artistic that Derek himself strives to be.
2: Excellent. And so uh, I think that we find ourselves with the two brothers climb on their rusty bikes. Uh, it's it's the next day. It's a little later in the evening. You guys are kind of latchkey kids. And as such, um, after you've gone through your activities of the afternoon, whatever they may be for a young rocker and an expelled troublemaker, um Kevin, you've, you've got yourself a mural that you've been working on. You found yourself a really prime piece of real estate, this big, long, spacious wall that you've been really just unleashed your creative talents um, like Michelangelo crafting the David. You you can see you're really uh, just a conduit for drawing the art out of this wall as it exists. And you just need to bring your younger brother, Derek, to go see this thing as um, you, you've neared completion on it. And you really want his opinion
0: yeah and what it is is it's a it's a star wars mural uh it's 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 a it's a full like it's a full banner of every single star wars movie so we're talking about all three of them (laughs) we're talking about all three star wars movies there's 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 stormtroopers on here there's vader on here and he's having an epic lightsaber battle with luke skywalker while the emperor laughs in the background and the only meaningful difference here everything else is in continuity the Ewoks are dead. The Ewoks are dead. There's just, there's, there's dead Ewok bodies all over the ground. And like, that's my little artistic flourish. And like, that's my little message of like, man, Lucas, you almost had it. You almost had it, George. You were so close, but you had to bring in the Ewoks. So by killing the Ewoks in my otherwise very faithful adaptation of Star Wars, uh, I'm making the statement that sometimes the artist just gets it like almost a hundred percent right. It's just like 5% off. What do you think, Derek? What do you think of uh, your... I know you're a big Star Wars guy. Is this good? Is this up to snuff?
1: I mean, this is beautiful, bro. But we're the Ewoks, man. I don't
0: know. I know you're a big Ewok guy. I thought this might be controversial for you. Dude. Uh, They're dead.
1: the, The Ewoks are this huge symbol of the little guy taking down the big corporate overlords. You know, this idea that there's this, this big organization of people that are just evil and, you know, turning people against each other. And here, all need, you don't need, you know, big, powerful weapons. You don't need the force. You just need to be a little teddy bear with, uh, with a stick, and you can take down the biggest empire. It's the most inspirational message in, in film history, man. That being said, badass Boba Fett.
0: Dude, I think you should stick to music instead of film theory, if that's what you got out of all the yub-nubbing. Because uh, I didn't hear that. I just heard Yubnub.
1: I gotta say, Yubnub slaps. I know that's not a phrase we use in this day and age, but it slaps.
2: Um, well, 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 on his way to Banksy levels of social commentary as he tries to omit the Ewoks from the history of Star Wars, uh, the, the the two of you are now looking over this mural, and it actually happens to be. Um, Right in, a, in an abandoned building on the outskirts of town. It's in the Braeburn Steelworks. And there's an exterior wall of the Brayburn Steelworks where um, where Kevin has, has painted this masterpiece mural with its massacred Ewoks splayed out amongst the ground and badass Boba Fett. And I think as the two of you stand here uh, debating the, the merits and virtues of their David versus Goliath story, um, we hear like a crack of thunder in the distance. <laughs> And the, and the wind kind of kicks up, the trees rustle all around us as the leaves start slapping and battering at each other, and... Um suddenly as though like a faucet has been turned on a deluge of rain drops out of the sky from nowhere it's not like a slow trickle it picks up but there's just a torrent of rain uh pouring onto the two of you dumping down and and saturating you as you stand and-
1: oh god it's smudging the ewoks Ah oh, man oh, sh- shit my base is getting wet dude let's go let's go inside here oh, is, this, man. is this thing open
0: Do you have a raincoat? Can I take it from you? Because you're my little brother and I'm your big brother and you give me the raincoat. You got to respect your elders.
1: You know, I don't have a raincoat. Mom and dad didn't buy us raincoats. I've just been using newspapers that I found at the bus station. Come on, let's just let's just go inside. Let's see if this thing's open.
2: All right, let's do it and so to that end uh, young Derek you you head right for the door and you pull it and it actually uh, it opens there's a bit of resistance you have to yank on it a little bit but but, uh, as the rust kind of breaks loose from the hinges it pulls open the door and uh, the the darkness of Braeburn Steelwork sitting inside it's at least dry and it's warm and you think that you could shelter yourselves here for a moment and keep your most precious of, uh, of possessions your little electric base dry and safe in this building and so as the two you start to make your way through the door. Um, out of the corner of your eye, Kevin, you, you see your mural on the exterior wall here—your Star Wars mural—and you think that that you saw it move. Was that whoa? The oh. box. <laughs> Oh, my God. And, and suddenly uh, it begins to, to surge and ripple. And as you're standing kind of in the doorway, um, you see this this huge, like kind of bulbous form push out from the side of the wall. And you hear this sound uh, like echoing from the outside of the building coming from right at this wall.
0: Uh, so Derek, I definitely took some mushrooms earlier today, so it's not entirely impossible that I'm just tripping balls right now. But did you just see like an at come off of my mural and start stomping towards us? Or yeah,
1: am I... dude, we get it, Kevin. Your art is so lifelike that it leaps right off the wall. Okay, no, I've heard, I've heard d- that comment so I'm, many times, man. I'm pretty sure that this is like
0: actually some sort of monster that is uh, that is lurking in the darkness, and and maybe we should. Do something about this because I took the shrooms like eighteen hours ago, so this shouldn't be happening to me.
1: Right, let me lie. All right, let me talk you down again. There's nothing leaping off the wall. We're fine. It's just rain that made it, you know, wave around a little bit. I don't know this the science and shit behind it. We're just gonna hang out here and then we're gonna we're gonna go home okay this will give you some time do you want like a bottle of water i think i have yes. a little bit i think all right and i'll hand yes. him the little like
2: just uh, to punctuate this statement as uh, as young derek is is consoling his older brother coming off this bad mushroom trip saying uh, oh no we're just gonna go home it's fine and, and you begin like fumbling around in your backpack to get this bottle of water we hear from outside as this heavy form hits the ground and suddenly uh, there's like movement coming towards you guys towards the door
0: derek the 8080 is real it's moving
1: did you hear the that's happening wake up buddy i mean it's probably like a a deer or something you know how animals get spooked when the the lightning comes just if you're really that spooked just like sit against the door and block it
2: um do you close the door
1: yes a hundred percent i close the door okay
0: I run straight to the door and I close the freaking door.
2: As you're slamming the door closed, you you grab the door and begin pulling it closed. Derek, you get a view past your brother's shoulder into the outside where there's uh, still some illumination. And I think that there's a flash of lightning and we could see the drops of rain individually illuminated as, as the blue light of the electricity kind of refracts through all of it. And there is this shape. It's tall, it stands well over six feet as it stretches up while the door is being pulled closed and it looks like a man a man without a face and it's certainly here and you just hear this sound as as uh its faceless head unfolds like some hideous flower petal uh standing in in this uh you know lightning illuminated rain shot through the door and and at that point kevin you pull the door closed with all your might what would you guys like to do
1: will you acknowledge ad. what's happening please that's not an ad that's not an ad at we we uh uh shit 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 okay we got to get out of here is there is there a is there another door is there a, a window or something there is there is something outside i don't know if i want to go outside but i don't know i don't know how much we can hold this door closed before this thing gets in here
0: well the so, uh, good the good news there's there's uh there's ventilation shafts that'll get us uh that'll get us outside, which is like no one's gonna know to to look for us in there. So maybe we should just go through these little tunnels that I that I take that get uh between buildings. This is this is like the secret to how I've been able to get around at night in Hawkins and just like tag things up without anybody looking. Yeah, I'll follow his lead.
2: Excellent. Uh to that end, I suppose then. Um Kevin, why don't we have you make an investigation roll as we've encountered our first bit of trouble that you're going to have to overcome? So uh, I know Mike is doing your rolling for you, but essentially, investigate is a mind skill. You have one die. Oh, no, I'm looking at the wrong character sheet. Uh, Okay, you're going to be rolling six dice.
0: Okay. All right. Mike, you are rolling six dice for me to investigate. the current situation. Don't mess this up because it it sounds like there's a demographic on our tail.
1: Do you want to blow on them for good luck?
0: Yeah. Well, no, because it's gonna be bad for the people who are. <laughs> okay, I'll to look, the metaphoric so blow. Alright. I'm gonna just pretend that I did. Alright, here we go. Okay, what do we
2: got? So we're looking for sixes. A six is a success. Anything less than that is meaningless.
1: We okay. have a one six.
2: Alright. Whoa, hey, look at that. One six. Mike Bloom. So First roll as you grab uh, your younger brother Derek and you begin heading towards the back of the steelworks building where you know that these tunnels lead uh, out of the building and can get to the safety they're out to safety you catch sight of something you've clearly been here many times before this is your stomping grounds so to speak and as uh, you're making your way towards these tunnels leading out of the back door you see that um, something has been moved there was like a big heavy piece of old equipment who knows what it does that was up against the wall and it's been dragged out of the way and as you're kind of moving uh, towards these tunnels with such haste, you see the, the shine of fresh metal, of stainless steel. It's far too clean to have been sitting in this building for all this time. And you realize, like, I've never seen this before. It's a hatch in the ooh
0: Oh, oh. my God. Is there a man inside? Is he pushing a button every 108 minutes?
2: As you're um, standing now near these ventilation tunnels that lead out the back, you know where they go. You know that it will take you out into the backfield behind the steelworks and get you to safety. But you could see uh, the stainless steel of this hatch behind this big piece of metal equipment on the floor in the other side of the room. And you hear now the pounding on the door, bsh, bsh, ah, the muted screams of this not dear creature standing outside. Okay. Uh,
0: Derek, I think that to get to the vents right now, it's gonna, this thing's here. It's gonna see us. It's gonna be too hard to get to the vents. There's this strange looking stainless steel hatch door doohickey that I haven't seen before. Uh, let's just go here. We gotta, we gotta, we gotta take our, our first, first exit on the left. We gotta improvise.
1: Listen, I don't, I don't care. Let's just get out of the room that the weird Faceless creature is gonna be but, in. I'm good to, but, I'm good to go but, wherever.
0: But let's stand here and talk about it a little bit more while the creature is just like clearly uh, lurking around us, or not. Let's not. All right, do let's that. go. Let's go. Yeah, let's go into the door. Let's go into the door.
2: <laughs> um, so you're gonna run to the hatch then. We're running to the hatch. Okay. As you guys race over to it, um, you see that like this big heavy metal piece of equipment has been slid out of the way. The hatch is very much on the floor. It's this clear stainless steel. It's got a handle on it. Uh, you go to open it, but it appears locked
0: uh derek what can we do about this you gotta you gotta help me out here i'm not thinking clearly like should i like lock pick this is, is this something of course i should lock pick this yeah this of is, course this is should. my I mean, skill I, set I would,
1: I would say we could throw ourselves against it but we are two pubescent boys i don't know how much our body mass is going to help this giant steel door
0: listen i've been working out i've been expelled i got nothing else going on uh i'm gonna try i'm gonna try and i'm gonna lock pick this if i can
1: yeah you if make if billy hargrove look like
0: mike wheeler
2: yeah. Um okay so to that end actually Kevin is really strong and tough. You
0: oh yeah, I am. That's what I mean. When I when I okay. when I'm talking about like picking the lock I'm talking about like uh that's <laughs> like a i I meant punch the lock Uh, yeah 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 yeah. Uh, you you just semantics semantics
2: of steel rebar on the ground right and you grab it up and are able to kind of like wedge it down into the door and begin like torquing away at this thing so uh why don't we have you make actually a force roll so for kevin klein that's going to be your body which is five plus your force is one you get to roll six dice
0: Alright, All right, Mike. Now, remember, this is me twerking the rebar against the door, so it's a, it's a fancy move that I've got going on here.
1: Twerk the rebar. I love that Cardi B yes. song. Alright, yes. here we go. I have one success.
2: All right, yes. Which is generally all you need to accomplish your goal in Tales from the Loop. Um, and to that end, Kevin Klein, while he's been expelled from school, he's been um, lifting a lot of spray paint cans, riding a lot of bicycles. This kid is tough, and he—he's
1: sh- got that shroom strength, right? now. <laughs> yeah, he d- shroom plus adrenaline going—that's like multipliers on multipliers. Yeah,
2: he's got a uh, bad trip mushroom strength, and so like Mario the plumber, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, in on uh, your rebar. And you you see the handle actually itself of the hatch like it breaks off and clanks off of uh, uh, of this big metal piece of equipment next to it scattering across the floor as now the pounding at the door, the door at the front of the steelworks blasts open. Um, and you see illuminated the rain behind it, the sound of the rain smattering down on the steel roof of this building. Uh, this this faceless creature comes like staggering into the darkness, like clearly scanning, looking for its prey. Oh, God.
1: Oh, my God.
0: Let's go into the hatch, right? Yeah, or, I mean, let's if, yeah go, we gotta, yeah,
1: let's get, let's, let's, we let's gotta
0: jump go through. In. We don't wanna be here anymore. Get us out of here.
2: <laughs> hatch open, and uh, you guys begin descending down the ladder. Who goes first? You go second.
1: I think I think Kevin's got to go first as the older yeah,
0: brother. Absolutely. A hundred percent. I got to make sure that nothing's going to happen to my baby boy, Derek.
2: Uh, but to that end, Kevin, as you begin descending down the ladder into this hatch, Derek's feet come down into the hole above you and begin like ching ching coming down the, the, the rungs of the ladder.
1: Derek, you're stepping on my fingers, man. Relax. Listen, I'm freaking out, dude. There's some monster behind us.
2: Ah! the monster's coming right for you it leaps across the room darting towards you and so poor derek as you are at the uh, top of the hatch it comes racing to try to grab you i'm gonna have you make a a body plus force roll you i believe that's only two dice Oh, boy. Oh, God. Well, let me just pause for a minute here. You can there's a couple of ways you can increase your dice. You have your iconic item, which, of course, is your bass guitar that you're holding. If you feel there's a way you can use that guitar to help you here, you can add two dice to your roll.
0: And that's a Tales from the Loop deal, right, where like everybody gets an iconic item and that can be like a like a weapon you can use if you
2: want. Correct. It could be. A, OK, cool. It could be a tool. It could be a pet dog. It could be any number of things. And so there's a few ways to try to modify the roles if you start failing and all these kind of things. We'll talk to them as we get to them. But
1: well, let's uh, let's press our luck in the very beginning here. And let's only roll the two. Okay. And let's let's see how lucky of a kid Derek is if he's as or how yeah if Derek is as lucky as his older brother. So here we go. I got a success.
2: Yeah. Yes, one success. Decline. So I think to that end, as this creature comes on two legs, now it's lowered down like a predator, its front legs, its hands, if the if you were uh on the ground like a bear as it charges across uh the open floor of Brayburn Steelworks towards you. And just
0: I thought it was Brian Steelworks. Or Brandt Brant Steelworks. Uh,
1: yeah, and it takes and it, it takes almost four and a half hours to get through it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, we'll try not.
2: <laughs> but so to that end, decline. You're able to uh grab the hatch and slam it down close just as this creature gets up to it. You could hear it uh uh scratching and digging at the top of the steel as you've pulled the hatch closed now above you. Um and yeah. To that end, the sounds of this creature digging and pummeling, scratching at the top of this hatch. Kevin, you've made it to the ground. And so there's a, there's another big kind of like reinforced steel right immediately behind you, door. All right. I'm, I want to see if I can
0: brute strength this door open too, because we just got to keep pushing forward.
2: Okay. Uh. Uh. So why don't we have you go ahead and make another body plus force roll. So for Kevin, that's six dice.
1: All right. Here we go. Ooh, i got no successes on that
0: oh man i'm tired out from uh, it was a real feat of strength <laughs> yeah, one the, hero moment and now. getting the hatch door open was too much all right maybe i should uh, yes, investigate. Much like it, took, it takes
1: you three months after you get the hatch door open to actually go through the hatch and down into another part of it
0: yeah maybe i should investigate and see if there's another way to open the door
2: Well, to that end, you you try to like smash this door open and you fail. And so when you fail uh, overcoming trouble, there's consequences.
0: Oh, so never mind.
2: Uh, No, no, that's fine. You may still investigate. But I think that what happens is that um, we're going to have you mark a condition, Kevin. I think that you end up uh, injured as you like smash into the door. Your shoulder like really kind of pushes back into itself. And you've now got this sore shoulder shoulder, um, from trying to like batter the door open right so to that end Kevin we're going to make note of it is injured and so any rolls he makes going forward he's going to lose one die until he can get rid of that injury
0: well it was it was shoulder day Earlier at the gym, so I was already pretty sore. So now it's just like I'm howling with pain because it's just too much, too much for one day. Because that's definitely how working out works.
2: And to that end, you may, in fact, uh, make an investigate roll if you would like to, for yes, you know, what's going on.
0: Yes, because we got to get going here. And obviously, brute strength is uh, diminishing as an option. So let's, let's investigate and see if there's another way through the door.
2: So for Kevin, that's investigate plus mine. That's going to be four and two, six dice.
1: All right. Let's see if we can. Hopefully not break his mind, too. Here we go. I got one success.
2: One success. Okay, check it out. As you begin to um, investigate, you see that there's actually like a small panel here next to the door. It almost looks like a fuse box, and you pop it open, and there's a little um, keypad, a little push-button keypad, right? And as you're looking, you can see pretty quickly that um, there's like marks, there's smears. It looks like red is that blood oh my god is that blood but it's it's very evident from whatever it is if it's blood or maybe it's ketchup or whatever that that you could see these these uh two buttons which have been pushed the number three and the number five and so you can get the impression pretty quickly like okay this is a combination lock and clearly it's some variation of uh these two digits okay um
1: derek do you got any ideas what should we do here So there's a combination lock with two numbers on it?
2: Well, so it's got a full number pad, but you could see that the blood is on the numbers three and five, as though whoever just used this lock and opened it only pushed those two buttons.
1: I mean, that would probably be... So three and five are definitely guaranteed. Are there four selections or only two?
2: Uh, You can see, actually, there's like a blinking screen atop it, so it needs four numbers. It needs four digits in it, right?
1: All right, uh... I mean, you can we can't force our way through this one. Let's just start plugging in numbers, man, and see and see what comes out.
2: Okay, cool. And so to that end, as you begin like quickly sequencing variations of like 353553535553, bing, the door opens. You hear as these mechanical locks kind of open and there's a small hiss of air as the uh, the door opens inward. And um, you guys push it open all the way and you can see this room is actually illuminated. It's got a big fluorescent light across the ceiling. It's a it's a small room, maybe 10 by 10. And there's a bed in the corner. Um, there's a series of file cabinets and a desk on the other side of the room. But the most interesting thing in this room, is sleeping on the bed, oh. there appears to be a young kid. Whoa. Whoa. Maybe your age um he looks like he derek's age uh yeah sure somewhere in between the two of you even it's hard to say um but there's there's a young boy he's in a hospital gown uh his skin is is uh creamy like coffee colored and you can see his arm is kind of like listing hanging over the edge of the bed and tattooed on his arm is the number four whoa okay Uh,
0: so Derek, just again, first, I'm going to clamp
1: my hand over his mouth and well, (laughs) yo, weird, very weird, very strange.
0: Um, yeah, you could reconfirm that I'm not tripping. This is a human being uh, with a tattoo number four on his arm. Um, we don't know this kid, but there's a monster here. Should we at least like wake him up and be like, Hey, uh, new guy, there's a monster here and you may want to be a part of whatever it is we're doing to hide from it.
1: Uh, Rich, what's the – is there another, like, door or window in this room that would be an access point into the room outside of the one we just came in on?
2: Um, so there's, there's like, a small ventilation grate that connects. Like, essentially, when you come down to the bottom of the hatch, there's, like, a small alcove and then this door leading into this room, and that appears to be all there is. But um, there is, like, a ventilation access between, like, the the alcove and the room itself.
0: All right, just, if, if that's too much trouble, we could just keep going.
1: I mean, the kid could fend for himself. I'm, Screw I'm, that. Like, I'm, I'm it's the, gonna it's the brother's client, I'm going like, right? to be like, we need to. I don't. I don't know who this kid is. We need to get out of here. I that. I know I closed the door on that thing, but I mean, it could be coming down to us any minute, and it might have other. Friends, I don't want to say friends. I don't even want to think this thing as relationships. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But there no, might be 100%. more with this. Let's, let's 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 get the hell out of dodge. okay let's get let's, out
0: of here. Listen, I think you know we're, we're we're our uncle's a big deal. Let's let's play some client privilege here right now, and Absolutely. we'll just uh, we'll just keep going.
1: We should also mention uh, that. The last name of these kids is very apropos. They are indeed the nephews of the one and only Mayor Larry Klein. Yeah, yeah, yeah. played with like, great drippingness by Carrie Elway in Stranger Things season three.
0: Yeah, like our uncle is a really fairly big deal here around town. So let's just uh, let's just get out of here, and you know this is not our problem.
2: <laughs> okay, great. And so I think it's because like. <laughs> Get the kid in the bed you know it's that it's that gift
0: a disappointing result for our dungeon master
2: <laughs> i think you we see you guys kind of like walking backwards quietly and it does occur to you like it's pretty remarkable that this kid has slept through all this commotion you know
1: well uh, well how about uh, on, on that note like i maybe derek will have a change of pace and like throw something at him to wake him up just so he like understands or is, is at least aware of the situation he's in
2: Okay. Um, So to that end, actually, uh, you like, uh, gosh, you grab up like an empty soda can that's like sitting on the floor somewhere and kind of kind of chuck it at this kid and it bounces off of him and he seems like not to wake up. It it does not like disturb his slumber. Um, And you could you guys could still hear the scraping and the clawing and the kind of muted like uh, roars of this creature from up above. And then suddenly it goes ominously silent um and and yeah i believe then kevin you've like pulled the grating off on this ventilation duct and you're pretty sure that this will connect in with your other ducts and get you out of here if you guys want to cut out
1: uh yeah i think helmet? i think Derek s- suddenly like realizes the the magnanimity of the situation is like god damn it and then runs over and starts trying to Shake the kid and decline. Wake him come on, bro. We gotta go. No, just wake up, kid. Okay. I'm screaming
0: really loud. If the kid isn't waking up from me screaming, he's not going to wake up from you shaking him.
1: I'm as, and so Derek's, you know, obviously uh, not the most bulky, especially compared to his brother, but he's trying to like shake him. He's like hitting him a bit. He's trying to like play his, you know, what he does eventually at one point, he stops, he pulls out his bass turns on the little electrical lamp and starts plunking down on some uh, some nice uh Frank Zappa some real weird stuff <laughs> hopefully yeah really reverberate in this kid's head to wake him up.
2: Okay, so Kevin is, like, standing at the grate out in the alcove through the open door with the ladder leading up above him, and he's yelling to Derek, like, come on, we gotta go, man! Zappa, right now?! Kid's, <laughs> like, just bombing out Zappa on his base. <laughs> uh, Peaches in regalia. And so so this kid, like, kind of rolls finally at this point. He rolls over, and his eyes open, and you could see the sleep clinging to them. They're they're heavy and lidded, and he's just... He's looking at you, shaking his head like and as he realizes that the sound is kind of echoing through this room and the two of you are standing there. Kevin's yelling. He he like pulls himself up, sitting up in the bed, his feet hanging over the edge. And he's looking at you and his eyes go wide and you could see unmistakable fear. Uh, There's like terror in this kid's eyes. And he's just like, who the hell are you two?
1: I'm just I'm just going to grab his hand and, and run to where Kevin is.
2: Okay. You grab him and you begin uh, pulling him out into the alcove, and he he's just like, "Wait a minute! Wait, who are you?" Uh, and as now, like you're standing in the alcove.
1: Oh, you know what I'm? Mean? You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to turn to him and say, "Come with me if you want to live."
0: Wow, that's ahead of head of head of your time. Am I? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely
1: 100. Oh, no. But it's a time
0: travel movie, so it's totally cool.
1: Oh yeah, by by one year, by by a little bit. Maybe maybe he saw maybe he saw the preview and that line stuck out in his head
2: uh indeed i love it so to that end actually roll why don't you make a charm roll decline as you're trying to get this kid to come with me come with me if you want to live so you're gonna roll uh your charm plus your heart that's three plus five that's eight dice
1: all right decline's a charming little MF -er for a 13 year old here we go uh none of those were successes (laughs)
2: Wow. One of those were successes. Excellent. So here's the thing. When you fail a roll in Tales from the Loop, either uh, the situation gets complicated or you suffer a condition as happened with Kevin when he tried to smash through the door, or you have the opportunity if you would like, you can use a lock point to re-roll all the failed dice or you can call on your pride once per mystery and you can also re-roll all your failed dice using your pride. So I want to know if you want to do that before we move forward. Um,
1: Considering his pride is about him winning third place at the northern indian battle of the bands i don't know how applicable the situation is so i'm going to spend a luck point here
2: okay cool so you're going to spend one of your two luck points and you can re-roll all those failed dice which is all of them
1: all right here we go okay that is one success
2: okay one success and so i think he looks like timid for for a second and afraid and uh then he looks back at the room and and he kind of like just nods quietly and begins following the two of you. And yeah,
0: he wasn't as sure first if he was charmed enough by Derek, but that he like gave
2: it another look. He's like, eh, this kid seems all right. Yeah, uh, he weighed his options. And so to that end, uh, Kevin, you've got the, the, the grating out of the way from this ventilation duct. Um, you pull yourself up into it. And I guess, Derek, you follow and this kid comes after you.
1: Yeah, I mean, well, actually, you know what? I'm going to put this kid between us. Uh, Just because I'm afraid, considering that first look he gave me, I'm afraid of him just either running away or maybe if he's up to something shady, at least I'll have eyes on him.
2: Excellent. And so I think then uh, the two of you dig your way, pull your way into this ventilation shaft. You're small kids, quite fortunately. And so uh, you begin crawling through the darkness. I don't know if you guys have ever done anything like this. I used to when I was a kid because I'm a maniac, but I would crawl through the sewer tunnels in suburban Long Island. And so as you guys are pulling yourself through this tunnel, the claustrophobia sets in.
0: Yeah, this is actually a this isn't a joke, like a recurring nightmare of mine is that I'm like in like this, like really like close confines of this uh, school place playground from uh, from my childhood that had like these really elaborate tunnels on the playground through this uh oh through, through, in this like wooden castle and in my nightmare they get tighter and tighter and more elaborate and i can't move forward i can't move backwards so those real life fears that i have are definitely infusing upon kevin right now <laughs> and he's starting he's starting to get a little nervous just because of like the stakes of the situation usually this is old hat Usually, he's, he's, uh, he's a seasoned pro when it comes to sneaking around these tunnels, but he's starting to freak out a little bit. He's in the front of the pack, and there's some sort of monster thing, and there's this creepy little kid with tattoos.
2: Uh, absolutely, you feel the kind of weight of the earth above you as you realize how far underground you are and you, you can't help but wonder how old this ventilation duct is and you're pulling your way through cobwebs sticking to your face and dust is kicking up every time you put your hands down into your mouth. your teeth feel gritty you're you're choking and coughing Well, that's
0: just because I don't brush my teeth uh, <laughs> as a, since I've been expelled, I can't afford yeah. the toothpaste
1: yeah <laughs> yeah my feet just have like a, a psychedelic pate on my teeth. <laughs> yeah kids don't drop out of school your teeth will be the first thing to go
2: oh my god true story uh the more you know that commercial break right so yes you guys crawling now through this tunnel kevin uh, your your anxiety mounting you're beginning to like pick up speed and crawl faster and finally you feel yourself coming at an incline and you realize your mo- incline you
1: you're, oh there we
2: go <laughs> <laughs> hey um and and eventually you come to a point where there's like another kind of grading in front of you and you could you could feel the moisture from outside you can hear the last kind of drips of the rain falling outside on the ground and uh yeah you, you're gonna push this grade open to get out
0: yeah i'm gonna first because of my shoulder before i just like start brute strengthening this thing i'm just gonna look really quickly to see if there is a, a natural way to get out so i'm gonna investigate the great
2: okay great yeah make another investigate roll we've done this a bunch of times so
1: yeah Derek, kevin loves to investigate all right here we go he
2: surely does
1: I got no successes.
2: Yeah, I guess I'm just going to
0: have to try and, like, shoulder-butt, head-butt this thing open if I can. <laughs>
1: Can't use my shoulder. Might as well use my head.
0: <laughs> yeah, but I understand that there's consequences, so I'm probably just, like, freaking out even more. So I'm in, like, full-blown psychedelic panic attack right now.
2: Excellent. And uh, so you could go ahead, then, and make the force roll. We're going to take minus one die on it for Kevin Clark. Okay. So he's only going to get to roll six. Or five, oh, rather.
1: Five. All right. Here we go. That's
0: a failure. Help, Derek, or the kid. Can the force awaken here, please?
2: I think uh, I think that Kevin ends up now with an additional condition. Kevin is now not only injured; he's <laughs> upset. He's very upset. He can't get the grade out. He's trapped in this tube. He-
0: I think he's like outright irascible right now. Like he's just enraged and hard to deal with, uh, which is a bad quality uh, in a in a leader in this position. So yeah, I'm just having like a full blown meltdown
1: uh i'm I'm, i'm just gonna i'm gonna like i don't know yell at him like kevin what the hell are you doing come on push the thing open i'm trying man
0: listen you try and do it yourself with your tiny little Derek body i've got this kevin klein body and it's not even doing anything it was it was shoulders and biceps day at the gym my shoulders and biceps are tired and these are the muscles that I need to brute strength things, and it's just not happening. All right, as he's
1: going through his gym routine, I'm just gonna like tune him out, and I'm gonna I'm gonna turn to this kid. What's his mood like at this moment, Rich? Uh,
2: he's very pensive, quiet. Right? He's like you two are like yelling back and forth at each other with the comfort of two brothers, and he seems like really nervous and jumpy, and and uh, yeah.
1: I'm just gonna look at him and like, do y- do you know the way to get? out of here did you know how to get these grates open at all I don't know I don't know if, how long you've been living here but do you know the area
2: she just brought me here last night he he, like shakes his head and then he turns kind of like looking past Kevin and uh, he squints a little bit and kind of leans to the side to look past him and he points at the grate like there is a latch right there though <laughs> <laughs> I'm furious i <laughs> <laughs> So, I'm furious. Kevin, you, you pull the latch. I'm furious. Uh, and and so as you pull the latch, the grating like pops away, and just kind of like opens up and uh, you're able to kind of like push it a little bit. And there's some plant matter, some like vines, morning glory kind of grown through the grating. You have to shove a little bit. And you're hurt and you're upset. And uh, but you do get the grate open. And so so the three of you are able to kind of crawl out into the night sky, uh, the storm having kind of abated a little bit. God, oh
0: man, I'm so happy to just be tasting fresh air for the first time in so long.
1: OK, uh, listen, look, I mean, it's been like 10 minutes, dude, but we need to get out of here because I don't know where this thing is here. Kid, do you do you have like a home? Do you where do you know where you live? Like, we can't leave you here.
2: The kid is staring up at the sky, right? Just fixatedly. And as you say this to him, he very slowly, his head sort of turns and looks over to you, Derek, and. And he's like, um, I I haven't been outside in, in years. Not till last night. I, I I need to get out of here.
0: What happened last
1: night, kid? He
2: says they they've had me locked up for for a long time, as long as I can remember. Just about they they do experiments, and he says last night everything went crazy. They, there was explosions, some kind of some kind of fire. He says, "I'm not sure, but this this lady, this tall blonde lady, she came and got me from my room, and she, she drugged me. She injected me with something, and I just remember them taking me out of the building. I, I saw the stars, and he like looks up at the sky again before I passed out, and then then I woke up here today." yeah
1: are they are do they happen to you know have faces that open up into weird fleshy things at all or are they people
2: what no no they're, they're scientists uh lab coats lots of glasses pocket protectors
0: all right, cool. So hey, Derek, this is way above our pay grade. Uh the good news is we have uh we have a hideout, right? Like we could go and just like go and collect our ourselves and just like catch our breaths at our uncle's uh we, we can go to City Hall. Our uncle's the mayor. We've got like the, there's a bunch of rooms there that he doesn't even use and that's like where we tend to hang out. So maybe let's just like go to like that secret place and we could chill out and maybe figure out what the hell we're going to do next.
1: Yeah, I sort of look at look at the kid for a second and I'm like, yeah, I mean we can't we can't bring him home. We can't risk mom and dad if they're around finding out about this weird like they, they're ground. space
0: cadets but they know that they don't have three kids so yeah. like we're not going to be yeah, able to pass that over and they, and
1: they know we don't make friends with kids that look like they just got out of a hospital slash tattoo parlor we yeah. we need to and we need to am amscray asap uh yeah lead the way dude let's go
0: yeah maybe we should grab droopy drawers on the way just to have him along for the ride <laughs> Great, yes, let's, if okay. you can like signal him because i'd love to see droopy drawers again but it's okay if you can't do that
1: Oh I'll let's uh let's see I feel like Droopy drawers Droopy drawers Drummond uh might be like the biggest like conspiracy theory guy that I know in the, that I know in the group and he's always kind of getting up into weird stuff so yeah maybe I'll I'll try to use like a, a contact Tell him to role. meet us at that yeah tell him to meet us at the Hyatt if he can
2: Okay, cool. So to that end, uh, this is perfect because uh, Tales from the Loop is a game where we set scenes. We look for the players to set the scene. So I was going to ask you, where do you guys want to go? What do you want to do? But you've told me. So you begin to make your way towards uh, the mayor's office, a, a large old building in Hawkins. And I imagine at some point in the past, Kevin got his hands on an extra pair of keys that were lying around somewhere. And you guys have gotten access to the attic. Um, I know Mike's not familiar with elementary schools that have attics, but this day- it yeah. has a, a massive, sprawling attic filled with all manner of old, dusty curios. And so, as you begin to make your way downtown, you will, in fact, uh, pass Droopy Drawer's house. So, Droopy Drawer's Drummond's uh, his bedroom is in the backyard. And you've you've done this before, Derek. Your older brother, the troublemaker, has taught you. But you're able to kind of sneak into his backyard and throw a couple of pebbles up at the window. And um, after like a moment, we see you know the shades kind of kind of get pulled up, and, and Droopy Drawer's face appears pressed up against the glass like looking around and and after a moment he opens the window and he yells down to you like what are you doing d i
1: need i need your help right now get your clothes on come downstairs I, i i can't even explain it right now i'll tell you on the way 10-4,
2: little buddy. I'll be (laughs) right
1: Meanwhile, Kevin
0: is on the street hanging out with four, uh, traumatized by the fact that an apparently naked droopy drawers is just answered by the window uh, for for Derek. That is a sight that I will never unsee.
2: Oh, cool. And so I think after a couple of minutes uh droopy drawers uh, <laughs> lowers himself out of the window of the house put some
0: drawers on droopy drawers
2: <laughs> he shimmies down along the gutter and kind of falls the last like five or six feet landing flat on his back <laughs> In the, into the mud
1: Dude, stop, stop making noises idiot you're gonna wake up the whole goddamn town
2: I'm sorry, D. I'm sorry, man. I I, I wasn't expecting this. You you, got to give me some kind of heads up. What's going on, man? And as the two of you now are coming out across the street where uh, Kevin and number four are kind of hiding, Droopy Drew sees number four and he stops like, whoa, who's this guy?
1: I I don't know. Okay, that's what you're going to help us with. Uh, No questions now. We're going to we'll answer some more when we get to a safe location. Okay, just just hop on and let's let's get the hell out of here.
2: Okay, cool. And to that end, I think the, the, the scene ends as we see the two brothers Klein riding their bicycles with, um, number four uh, sitting on the handlebars of Kevin's bike and droopy drawers, uh, like standing on the pegs of, of Derek's as the two of you, uh, ride downtown into Hawkins. And so, yeah, I think that the scene cuts and we find ourselves now, um, In the attic of the mayoral office, this large, sprawling, dusty room filled with all manner of old furniture and uh, and things covered in sheets and dust and cobwebs galore.
0: Yeah, and I'm, uh, I'm I'm just trying to make sense of everything that's happened here, and I, I can only process things the way that I know how. So I've I've spray painted, uh, I've started spray painting in a new elaborate mural along the top of the attic that is like beat for beat comic book style, laying out exactly what's just happened mm. so that we can talk about it process it study the monster i've got a photographic memory it's one of my many talents guys uh and so like derek what is all of this and hey for kid like does any of this track for you
1: um and i will also say that i think uh kevin has used this place a lot to sort of try out some tags that he's been doing sort of like a starter studio and so i can imagine how this it looks like the like most uh, high profile crimed area in Hawkins, ironically enough, just by the pure amount of graffiti that's covering it. Uh, but I'll say, okay, all right. So let me get this straight. So you and I point to to number four. Came from this weird study program since you were a baby, where they prof- so some scientists performed experiments on you. They brought you into this little room where we got chased into by some creature that doesn't have a face, but looks like a man. And now we we don't know if the thing is chasing us, if the scientists are chasing us, but all I know is that I am infinitely more confused at the end of the day than I am when I started it.
2: Um, Droopy drawers kind of like looks over at this kid, and then he looks back at you like experiments. Y- you think it's Hawkins lab?
1: Hawkins Lab isn't that just the uh, the place that just like puts out boring pharmaceuticals? Oh and no,
2: way, man! No way! You're out of your mind. That place is, is developing weapons tech. Star Wars, man!
0: Oh uh- uh, no! Yeah, no. Wait, 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 guys! Uh, Troopy drawers. You know, you you may you may not be much in certain departments, but he's 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 packing knowledge here, guys. Uh, it's about time that I tell you who I work for. Um, I, Derek. This is gonna be disappointing, but I, I didn't get the pizza delivery boy job.
1: What, dude? You've been I talking know. about that around mom and dad for the past I, like, month. I know. Um, well, I've why is been. Your, why does your bike always smell like pizza?
0: Well. Because I've been, uh, dumpster diving, uh, outside of the local pizza hut. And I just, uh, people throw things away that they really shouldn't like the pizza, like the pineapple pizzas that people get very mad at. Like I've been just scooping those up, those personal pans. Uh, so that's why I smell like pizza all the time. Um, no, I've been working for this guy who doesn't even live in Hawkins but has a lot of interest in what's happening here and has basically been looking for some eyes on the ground, some boots on the ground, just in case there's any weird stuff going on. I leave him messages all over Hawkins uh, to let him know when I'm seeing something weird, and he's been talking to me about some strange things, stranger things even happening at the Hawkins Lab that I kind of just disregarded. But now that Droopy George is talking about the lab, I think he might be right. I think we may want to contact my guy. His name is—he's uh, like a big like uh, social strategy fan. His name is Murray Murray
2: Bowman. Murray, you heard of this guy? I know that guy. Says Droopy Joris. He used to be a journalist for the Chicago Young Sun Tribune. I, I've read a bunch of his articles. Oh, oh, he he's dialed in. He's dialed in. He knows what's going on. You guys, uh, he he wrote a whole expose about an alien abduction that occurred in, uh, in in Gary, Indiana, not two years ago.
0: Yeah, maybe we should call him up and see if he's got any intel for us.
2: So
1: our plan is to call a guy who wrote about alien abductions who lives in a completely different state, to figure out what's going on here in the Hawkins lab that just puts out boring pharmaceutical press releases that they might be making weapons to destroy the planet.
0: You know what? Uh, listen, he he's talked about aliens before. He says there's weird things going on at Hawkins lab. We're, like, fighting an alien right now for all we freaking know. Derek so yeah that's the plan I'm your older brother and you're gonna get A noogie sandwich to the mouth if you Don't just
1: listen to me and let me call my guy just Noogie sandwich to the mouth sounds so Weird I mean, I'm just, just gonna you rubbing your fist, fist against gen- my mouth like, Gently against your mouth and just like <laughs> Pivot it back and forth it's not gonna Hurt that much but it's gonna feel so strange I feel like that Derek has done that or Kevin, Kevin has done that so many times to Derek over the course of his Childhood that, that that does legitimately I think Derek hates the noogie sandwich to the mouth <laughs> Yeah uh but, but, sorry i interrupted what did number four do
2: number four is like nodding emphatically when kevin gets to the point about like we're running from an alien and number four just like points at like whatever kevin has painted depicting this creature on the wall and he's like it sure looks like a goddamn alien
1: yeah it's an alien Derek, idiot let okay. call the guy okay fine you know what Get, go ahead give him a call we might as well might as well let more people into whatever the hell's going on i need to Derek, like, i've got a two on contact like this is pretty good
0: let, <laughs> let me let me roll the dice here and see if i can contact my guy all right all
1: right
2: i think to this Let's it,
0: speed it along
2: number four um he's just like nodding and he's like i need to get out of here he's like but but my stuff it's it's probably back there at that room wherever you took me from i i, I can't leave without it do, do you think that your guy is going to be able to help me get out of here I can't stay here anymore. I can't go back there.
1: What do you mean, yeah, your stuff?
2: I, I, uh, I've got. I've got a thing. I, I know that they they have a file. They always have this this big folder, and whenever whenever they come to the test, they they write stuff down in there. And well, it's got information who I am. I, I'm not really sure.
1: Where, um, I'm gonna I'm supposed
2: to go or
1: can I roll a empathize to see if I can sort of. Or, uh to sort of crack into or investigate to figure out what exactly he might be alluding to
2: yes go ahead and roll you're gonna roll uh empathize plus uh your mind yeah
1: so that's six yeah right. that's
2: six dice all together that is a failure uh-huh okay would you like to use a lock point or your pride
1: uh, i'm gonna use i'm gonna use my pride i'm gonna say that this is somebody who uh you know he thought he knew how the judges tick that's how he was able to get into the hearts of them at the Northern Indiana Battle of the Bands. So he feels like he's able to, uh, you know, get into his this kid's mind as well. And he's going to re-roll here.
2: Oh, no. Check it out. When you use your pride, you just get one free automatic success. Oh, nice. All right. That's an automatic. You now have used your pride. You did. You are an empathetic kid. You were able to read those judges. What is music, if not a vehicle for emotion? You understand how people feel. And as you're looking at this kid, he seems. uh OK. I'm actually going to take a look here. So you get to ask uh, essentially two questions with an empathize role. And these questions, uh, they're right at the bottom of that little handout that I gave. Mm -hmm. But um, how does she feel? How can I make her do something? What does she want? Is she lying? So pick uh, two of these questions that you want to ask.
1: I'm going to pick, is he lying?
2: Definitely not. Uh,
1: And I'm going to pick, uh, what is his weak spot?
2: What is his weak spot? Um, he He's being very forthright with you. This kid has like no idea where to go. And his weak spot is that he's like terrified and there's no chance that he's going to go anywhere back near that room or Hawkins lab or anything like that. But um, he, he doesn't he's literally his weak spot is his lack of information about who he is he has no idea who he is. He's this kid, like, out of place, out of time, and he knows he needs to get out of here, but he's got nowhere to even start of, like, where to go or who to look for or who he is.
1: All right, so I'm going to put a hand on his shoulder, and I'll say, look, maybe this guy can help us go back and get your stuff, but for now, what's important is you. And we got to make sure that you're protected if these scientist guys are coming out of you. And as much as it makes me weird out to say, maybe this guy can help us find at least a place for you to hang out for a little bit until things calm down
2: he nods like okay okay i i, I i've never had a friend or anything like that before but
1: well i don't know i don't know if we're friends but okay
2: okay that's fair <laughs> <laughs> and so I think to that end now, Kevin, you uh, as you guys hang out in your hideout, you're able to recover all your conditions. This is the function of the hideout and tails from the Loop. It's a place you go to bond with your friends, your little brother
0: stretching out, just like doing some calisthenics, which is definitely something you do for your shoulders.
2: Yeah, uh, as you're like stretching and extending to get to, to finish this mural, as you're drawing out the panel by panel scene of what just happened, um, you're able to to get rid of that scared or you're upset and you're injured conditions, and you're starting off at scratch. And so Droopy drawers is just like kind of just listening to all of you. But so the move is now we want to go contact Murray, right?
0: Yeah, that was the move. Why did we not even just do it? Why are we waiting to contact Murray? Call the guy.
2: Okay. So you uh, you you grab a phone, because, of course, there's a phone. We've
0: got phones, yeah. yeah we're yeah, we're loaded up. Yeah. yeah.
2: And so uh, you you dial up this number on the rotary phone.
0: And I'm, like, pretty sure it's the right number. Yeah. Pretty sure. But I feel like I may have to, like, just, like, see. Like, it's, it may not be the number. There's, like, a couple numbers in my head
2: that, that it could be. Yeah. So the first call, they're just like, uh, hello, Pizza Hut, can we take your order?
0: it's not that yeah I'm just, I'm just I'm too obsessed with pizza got very hungry I hang up the phone
2: you call the second number and uh, you hear a voice on the other side like hello who is this who is this yo is
0: it, is it Murray Murray is that you, you t- I, oh sorry I forgot you don't like, you don't like me uh, using your real name uh, <laughs> over the phone uh baldman is this you I'm a kid it's me. It's the it's the it's the kid who you've hired to do the spray painting things around town. Hey, look, aliens! Aliens, right? Like that's the thing that you're into. Uh, defi- definitely being terrorized by aliens right now, uh, and uh, the, the, we think like maybe like there's something weird going on here with the Hawkins Lab and stuff. Can you get down here, or at least like advise us over the phone as to what we're supposed to do? <sighs>
2: We shouldn't be talking over the phone. The Russians, the commies, they've got everything tapped between them and the NSA. Everybody's listening. Big Brother is always watching you. Haven't I taught you anything, kid?
0: I've muted all terms related to Big Brother,
2: so I have no idea what you're talking about. Me both. He's he's just like, "Uh, uh, okay, I'll meet you. I'll meet you down at the rail yard. All right, let's do it. Okay. And so uh, I think the scene fades as as uh, Kevin hangs up the phone and uh, it cuts to black and and we fade back in as we see the four kids stacked on their two bicycles kind of wailing away down the street, um, heading towards the rail yard where we where we had just seen Kevin uh, earlier the day before leave his little mark for his boss, Murray Bowman. And as you guys um, come like rolling in. Uh, to the, to this area, you see this car parked, and it's clearly Murray's car. He's got this very, very over-the-top Toyota van with, like, red and day-glow orange on it, and it is not an inconspicuous vehicle. Um, yeah, and, and as you guys come rolling up, the side door of the van opens, and we see Murray Bowman himself, uh, his bald plate, his his curly locks rolling off the side of his head, his glasses perched on his nose, as he he's just like like, you didn't tell me you were bringing half the goddamn class.
1: Who yeah, I'm, and then it, it, I will, in, turn, in turn I'll say, like, this is the guy who's going to help us save whatever's going on
0: right now? I don't know about save whatever's going on right now, but I've been pretty tweaked out pretty hard, and he's got vodka. So I, at least I'm getting a drink out of the deal.
2: Uh, this is a bad habit, kid. Uh, and so he's like, "Come on, come on, get in here!" And he kind of like ushers the four of you to climb up into the van. <laughs> oh God! Four, number four looks really nervous, but Droopy Drawers is just like, "Uh, uh, um." Starstruck Bowman, I, 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 just want to say, uh, e- e- your expose on the Gary abduction—it really, it was next-level stuff, sir. And, and Murray is just kind of like smiles approvingly, like, "Well, at least one of you has some sense. Get in the car, kid. Get in." The-.
1: And I'll um, I'll sort of like put my hand on four's shoulder and I'll be like. I'm going to protect you, okay? I'm going to make sure whatever this weirdo's doing, he's going to help us. And if he doesn't, he's going to have to go through me and my very much larger, older brother before he gets to you. Does that sound good? I feel feel
0: like like my size is constantly morphing. Uh, (laughs) Sometimes I'm small enough to fit through vents, and other times I'm so swole. (laughs) Some weird things happening
2: with Kevin Klein. Yeah, Kevin klein has been experimenting with Gamma (laughs)
1: radiation. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) He's the incredible Klein. (laughs)
2: Yeah. um, And so to that end, I think the four of you crawl into this van with Murray, and it's a bit cramped, but he's like turning, looking at all of you, and he's like staring at number four as he sees the tattoo, and he's like, so what's the story here? You're from the lab, kid? And four's like, I don't know, I'm not sure, Uh, uh, I guess so. He kind of look, Murray looks back to you, Kevin, and is like, uh, like, what's going on? What, what is this all about?
0: All right, cool. So so let me catch you up. Uh, so the other day, like, remember, oh, I spray painted you- on
1: the on his van to catch him. Yeah. Up.
0: Yeah. So I, so I uh, give give me uh, give give me the room. And so I, I, I everybody clears out. We've pulled over to the side of the road Uh, where we're on the we're on a little stretch of highway and I and I mark up the ground. And I and I and I show him via comic book form the entire gist of everything that's going on from the strange beep bop boops I'd heard the night before to me showing uh, to showing Derek the Star Wars mural. So I like I've even like spray painted like a, a little tiny mural of the Star Wars mural that I had before here on the ground. Uh, I tell him about the demogorgon thing, the alien thing that has been stomping off after us, I tell him about the vents, I tell him about my, my injured shoulder, which I'm still a little mad about, even though I'm feeling better about how we encounter. This little boy who was sleeping, and we woke him from his slumber. And I guess, like maybe, kind of kidnapped the kid, uh, and how we gotten down to another set of vents. I started feeling really claustrophobic about, it, and ran into another latch key that I couldn't open. I couldn't figure it out, and apparently there was just a latch. and I was very upset that there was just a latch, and we got out of there. We picked up droopy drawers. He was naked. Can never forget that that's in the art now immortalized here forever, and then we went back, oh, God, to you them. painted a
1: naked boy
0: and then we went It's it, and then it's just art, man, and then we went back to the to the mayor's office, which is our hideout, and I did another spray paint thing, and like that's on this mural here as well, and then we decided like listen, uh, there's probably some weird stuff going on here at the lab. there's an alien involved, you're the alien guy, you're the lab conspiracy theorist, so just take my word for it, all of this is real, all of this has happened. Ignored the fact that I was previously on Shrooms.
2: What do we do, Murray? <sighs> he, like, kind of exhales. And it's at this point that uh he tilts back the bottle of vodka. He takes a long draught. And then, like, he, he seems to eye you for a moment, Kevin, but then shakes his head and shrugs like, oh fuck it. And he just offers this 15-year-old kid the bottle of...
1: Yeah,
0: I mean, listen. Yeah, that's, don't, that's
1: textbook, don't, Murray Bellman. Don't
0: try and be, like, a cool adult. Like, we know this is not our first rodeo, Kevin and Murray. We've been bombed together in the past.
2: <laughs> and so I think it's Kevin takes the, takes the, the, the vodka. Uh, Murray like looks from number four to Derek to droopy drawers. And and he just kind of is like, well, if what the kid says is true and they've got a file on him in that room, that's the place to start. It's a gold mine. I can't imagine. It'll probably answer all of our questions in there. He says, plus, plus, well, I, I don't know what to do with this kid, but but maybe there'll be a lead in there, somewhere that we could bring him,
1: Some so we can hide him. We're not we're not taking him back there, bald man. Okay, I mean he he doesn't want to go back there. That's the place where this weird alien creature is. i we're putting we put ourselves on the line already to meet him in the first place. I don't know what going back there is going to do.
2: He says, um, "Okay, okay, you can't bring him back. Obviously, his, his safety is is the first priority." He says, "So, I've got a plan. You leave the kid with me. And you, you two, and your clever friend here. He points at Droopy Troy. <laughs> <laughs> the three of you. He we 'We'll circle back around. Do you, do you think you could get back into that room,
0: Murray? You're you're actively encouraging us children to go back to the alien pit. That's your plan. What about uh, you?" Oh, God, I guess that's right. You could just order me around. Oh, yeah, I'll take the triple. I'll take the if if you're willing to quadruple it, then I'm definitely in. Give me like four times the, the common pay and I will go and I will get you the file.
2: I think he can like read you guys a little bit. And he realizes Derek may be the more concerned of the two of you about the plight of number four. And so he like he's appealing to your uh, sense of morality, Derek, as he turns and looks at you and is like, if you really want to help this kid. Well, that that file is going to be the most important piece," he says, and then he turns, looking back to you, Kevin. The more materialistic, possibly, and he says, um, "He says five hundred, cash," and and to like enunciate the point, I think like he reaches into the pocket of his sweatpants. He's wearing like sweatpants and flip flops with a bathrobe. He looks like a total conspiracy theory madman, and and he pulls out um this like small knot of cash, and he he like kind of just shows it to you like. He says, I'm good for it, but if you can get me this kid, well, this this could springboard us into a whole whole nother level. What do you think? He says E Dangerous, you got out with this kid. You throw a
0: free pizza like like a week into the deal and I'm
2: in.
1: And he's used to people throwing pizzas in the trash, so that says something.
2: Um, cut to the scene of Kevin Klein with like a hundred pizzas,
1: <laughs>
2: oh. uh,
1: a personal cheese pizza all to himself. Uh, I will, so so Derek will sort of like because it seems like Kevin's already in. Uh, he is going to take a walkie-talkie out of his his uh, little bag here, and he's going to give it to number four, and he's going to just sort of like whisper in his ear, like you know, press the call button three times if something's up. Okay, and I'm going to come to you as soon as possible. You can always talk with me on this, but we're going to be back. All right, you don't have to worry. We're going to figure out who you are.
2: He, he just kind of like nods at you, and then um, he seems to hesitate for a moment, but like real quickly, like he reaches out and like embraces you, throws his arms around you, and he hugs you, and he's like, thank you, thank you for this, D.
1: And I'll, and I'll, uh, I'll like very cautiously wrap my arms back around him, and I'll look over at Droopy Drawers, who's probably like bawling at this point. <laughs> he feels like a very sentimental type.
2: <laughs> yes, he seems really nervous and he's just like he's like, You guys are you guys are serious. We're we're gonna go back in there? Do you do you want me to go with you? Uh Hell yeah! Okay. Okay.
1: You're our bullet shield.
2: I think at this point, Murray like takes another long pull from the bottle of vodka and climbs into the driver's seat of the van, <laughs> like, starts it up and begins driving uh, you four kids like back closer to uh, to the Brandt Steel Steelworks. <laughs> and and uh, yeah. We we see the scenes of like the van, this this red and arch Toyota van cutting through the street lights, winding through the back roads as it makes its way out to like the edges, the more rural edge of Hawkins. And uh, he parks like a solid quarter mile away from the place, pulling off the road down into the shoulder near the trees and turning back to look at you guys, uh, vodka just rolling off his breath. He's just like, All right, kids. <laughs> He's like, uh, this, is, this is a great plan. I. I, I know you could do it. I, I have total faith in you. He's like, uh you you get back down in that room, get the file, you meet us right here, and and we'll take it from there.
1: A uh, quick question. Do you have like anything we can use to I don't know, defend ourselves from whatever might be down there? I mean you're you're a, you're an adult. Do you have like a gun or an axe or something?
2: Guns are dangerous. I don't I don't need anything like that, huh?
1: Oh, gun, guns are where you draw the line. You have investigated <laughs> aliens and numerous conspiracy theories. But no, no, no. Let me not keep a firearm in my weird, garish-looking van.
0: Don't worry about it, Derek. We've got my fists of fury if we run into any danger. Oh, was it not, my no, shoulder was it not feels- fist
1: days at the gym? If my shoulder
0: feels better. I've been, I'm, I'm back. I've been doing some push-ups on the ride back down here. So, like, that's really hard to do, like some core exercises, uh, as the van has been moving. Uh, so I feel fine. I, we don't need a weapon. We're going to be OK here.
2: OK, well, I think as you guys are as you're giving this speech of like uh, certainty, Murray is like digging around a little bit and he's like shing, He pulls out like uh, this tire iron. Right. <laughs> and he like offers it over to, to young Derek like here. And then he turns and looks at you and he's like, you, you've you got your spray paint. Right. And Like he can see your backpack. You cl-
0: I got my spray paint. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: And so uh, I think he like reaches into like the pocket of his bathrobe and we see him pull out like a battered kind of squished soft pack of Marlboro Reds and like a crappy garage, the garage lighter. And and he kind of hands the lighter, the cigarette to you like, here, you know what to do, right? And he winks at you.
1: And I wink back because I absolutely know what to do with this. uh, And I'll I'll give the tire iron to a droopy drawers. So he has something to brandish.
2: (laughs) Troopy Troopers takes it like Murray Bowman's tire iron. I I can't believe I'm living this life. Thanks, D. Thanks. And he kind of like stuffs it down into his belt. And like you can see him admiring himself as though like he's he's uh, Bilbo with his new sword, you know. And so, yeah, I think that the side of the van door slides open and we see the three of you kind of hop out onto the ground. And Murray's like, all right, kids, good luck. I'll be here.
1: All right, I'll give, one, and, I'll give one more look to four as we... So are we going back in the way we came, or is it that we're going in through that vent that we escaped from?
2: I don't know. You tell me.
1: Let's, let's, go, let's go
0: back in from the... Let's, let's just go back in the way we came, because that's the way we know how to get there.
1: All right, sounds good. So we'll go into the door, down the little shaft, uh, through the little number pad thing.
2: Excellent. So as as actually you guys are like coming up into the building of the steelworks and now like you're making your way through the place, um, you hear like the sound, the clickety clacking, as it were, of uh, of Catherine O'Hara's footsteps coming from behind you. But you could hear somebody is clearly like approaching like after you guys are making your way back towards the hatch. Uh, why don't I have you make a sneak roll?
0: All right, I'm a pretty sneaky guy. Uh, got a, I've got a plus two on sneak. Okay,
2: five uh, plus two is you get seven dice, Kevin Klein. And if you get an extra success, one of the things you could do is like hide your friends.
1: Sweet. All right, here we go. One success.
0: Yeah. Okay. So I'm, I'm good, my, 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 my brother and his buddy may be in trouble. Well, I, but I'm I can, doing I fine. can roll
1: sneak as well and see if I can. can. Foist onto uh, Droopy drawers here. So unfortunately, I only have three. Let's see
2: two successes! Two successes and so to that end, having learned from watching your brother Kevin all these years, you're uh, quickly able to move light-footed, like, like racing kind of through the back of the place and you grab droopy drawers by the shoulder and are pulling him and, and kind of shove them out in front of you and push him down into the hatch um, and just kind of as you're lowering yourself into into the shaft, descending down into the ground and pulling the hatch closed above you, we see the sight of, of this tall blonde woman uh, with her bob cut wearing her kind of uh her, her business suit step into the doorway the night before where we saw this this faceless creature as it were and um so Knowing that there's now somebody behind you on your heels. Uh you guys lower yourself down and the door is still open. It's clear that um it has not been closed and relocked. But as the three of you now like enter the room, the small room where you found number four, you could see it like sitting plainly out on the on the desk near the blotter. It's this big heavy manila folder. It's got the thin red string kind of wrapped around it, a little around the little windy thing.
0: I can move pretty fast. I feel like I could just like zip and grab the thing.
1: Yeah. And I'll, can I also all, I guess, investigate and see if there's anything else of note in the room that he could grab?
2: Absolutely. Rake and investigate. We're all here, Derek. Okay. uh,
1: Five dice.
2: One success one success as you begin to um investigate the room you start going through like the file cabinets real quickly you pull a door and you, you see actually this whole like file row in one of the drawers and it's numbers one through numbers eight and um and you're a pretty clever kid so you grab like the number four file and pull it out and uh, as you like crack it open you see, it's very strange, but there's like these pictures of animals and, and you could see like test one and there's like birds and and test two, there's a cat. And then, uh, it, it goes through like a whole series of these animals and you start like rolling through these files and you realize like, Oh my God, like these are, this is the file of the actual experiments they've been performing on number four. And it seems to have something to do with like him, like calling animals or like (laughs) telepathically to animals
1: oh my god
2: we have aquaman you're just like wait what like what is this about huh
0: i think we've got somebody else I i think his name i think his name might be
1: walt
2: Oh, no, he's special. Sure enough, maybe Kevin is like you're standing with the file folder. You like unzip the string real quick. Curiosity just like gets the better of you. Right. And you crack it open. And um, sure enough. Yeah. You you see the name at the top, Walt. And you could see that, um, in fact, he he was taken from New York uh, eight years ago when he was a young boy. But his dad does still live there in fact michael and um at least now you know where to get this kid and as you're kind of flipping through the pages of this file you do see this uh this photograph of like a labrador retriever oh my god (laughs) in the kind of like uh red wax crayon of of like the 80s right uh vincent oh
0: what
1: a cute dog my brain is melting
2: what a cute dog that's number 15 success
1: oh god
2: wow
0: Wow, yeah, this is blowing my mind. Uh, <laughs> well, I think we're like all a, on
1: shrooms right now,
0: <laughs> yeah, a little bit of blood is dripping down from my nose as I'm reading these files and having glimpses of the future of uh, of a telepathic boy from the year two thousand uh, and four on his dog sidekick and uh, an island in the distance and uh i I drop the file because it's all too much to handle and i and I look at Derek I'm like. I have no idea what's going on right now, but let's get this file and get the hell out of here and never talk about any of this ever
1: again. Absolutely. We do not want to die alone down here. Let's get out of here.
2: Okay, and so as droopy drawers is like frantically scrambling up the file, like, oh, Murray's gonna love this. Murray's gonna love this. And and he pulls the papers together, pulling them up to his chest. Uh, you guys now like can hear the like clacking across the floor, and you can hear the hatch open from above you. And so as the three of you have kind of stepped out of the doorway and you're in the alcove, there's just this this uh, shaft leading directly upwards with the rungs of the ladder, and you see the face of this woman looking down at all of you. She's Like you, kids, stop right there. <laughs> my name is Connie Fraser. I'm here to help you. W- what are you doing?
0: Uh, I think I just want a flamethrower. Oh my I god! Think- <laughs> <laughs> okay, is that too aggressive?
1: No, I kinda... don't think I think you want to do that. Concerning yeah. what Walt has told has told us about them, I think it makes sense.
0: I don't, I don't trust her. I want to get us out of here quick. Uh, I just want to get the time travel file back to Murray. So uh, spray paint up, uh, lighter up, no questions, your honor. So a you- flamethrow flamethrow misses not quickity quackety
2: you you blast the fire back up the shaft. And so the shaft is a solid like 10 or 15 feet. So it's not, you know, you're not going to actually like set this woman afire. You're
0: and part of me is like disappointed that that's the case.
2: Yep. Uh, but but to that end.
0: Part of me, like my entire life has been building to the idea that I could set somebody on fire. Excellent. Wow. Kevin's a very dark individual.
2: He clearly is. Kevin! Uh, <laughs> and so as you blast the fire, like back up the, the, the shaft here, you see her like slam the hatch closed. Like, ah! she screams and uh droopy drawers is like i'm getting the fuck out of here and he he pulls himself up into the the shaft and begins like crawling through the ventilation shaft you hear him like and he's like my my damn pants are falling down
1: (laughs) damn it droopy drawers why invest in belts dude
0: (laughs) i always knew droopy drawers droopy drawers would get us killed (laughs) his textbook
1: droopy drawers
2: and so I think the three of you like frantically now like uh, crawl through the, the the ventilation shaft, and you end up popping out the grate on the other side. The morning glory vines all now eviscerated and broken as you've made your way in and out of this thing three times. And uh, the three of you begin like racing through the woods back towards Murray's van. But that's when it happens, and you hear it in front of you. <laughs> And like stepping out now for the first time in clear view in the open ground, there's trees around you. You're down off of the edge of the road, but this tall six and a half foot faceless creature, its it's face, its head folds open as it just kind of like gives you guys the Jurassic Park scream and uh, you're terrified and it dives at you. I'm going to have you guys make uh, 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 move rolls.
0: Okay. Okay. I've I have a plus two on on move, Mike.
2: So it's going to be your move plus your body.
0: Uh, my body is five, so I've, I've got
1: a seven dice. Okay, seven Let's, dice. In
2: fact, use your iconic item to try to help you here. If you,
1: I I I am going to, but we'll get to that in a bit. Let's see how Kevin does. That is one success.
2: One success. So, Kevin, you begin like dashing, racing for Murray's car, and uh, you're easily able to like outdistance this thing as its eyes go for the weakest prey in the pack, droopy drawers.
0: <laughs>
1: no, droopy! No! <laughs> Damn it!
0: Oh, you didn't say anything about NPCs
1: dying. Um, this could be I, it, for droopy so drawers. I'm going to use my iconic item, which is my electric base. Along with the corded little amp that it comes with. I don't know why he brought it down there. Maybe he thought the music could soothe the savage beast with Walt. Maybe it can soothe somebody else. Here's what Derek's going to attempt to do Derek is going to swing his guitar around, sort of making a, a defunct, a de facto uh, mace with the electrical amp. And he's going to try to trip up this creature as it dives for droopy drawers.
2: Oh, okay, excellent. So actually to...
0: Well, with a sudden burst of strength from Derek, this is not uh, a nothing move. It's just centrifugal force.
2: That <laughs> in Derek, uh, you could roll four dice decline. Oh, boy.
0: So right. modest, too.
2: One success, one success, excellent, and so I think that um you you like flail out woo, woo, swinging uh, the amp on the end of the cord, and it, it like wails into the uh to the demo we can call it that now, right as the things like like kind of like trips staggering splayed out on the ground and it's kind of making these violent frantic motions to pull itself to his feet as the two of you like dashing and darting away and it's at this stage droopy Joris is like running behind the two of you the file like clutched in his folders and you're like oh great we made it you could see murray's van in the distance and and clearly he catches sight of you because the headlights turn on as the, as the van comes into view and you hear the van like spark to life and he begins driving towards you the headlights turning and you guys turn behind you because you can hear the footsteps of the demogorgon stomping in racing after you and it's at this moment i think that um declines like we're in the clear i'm sorry droopy drawers it's like we're in the clear ah! The Demogorgon just snatches. No! Him off of his feet. And I think we see the file like fly into the air and papers kind of like scattering everywhere, falling softly, arcing to the ground through the wind. And, um. Oh my God. Uh, that, that. Idiot, Derek, right in front of you, the page with the information of like Walt, his father, his family, New York.
1: Uh, so I'm, I'm going to try to grab it. And at the same time, I'm going to turn to the van, and I'm going to yell,
2: Walt! (laughs) (laughs) And so you snatch the paper up, and as you yell Walt, the van comes like roaring up next to you, and the side door opens. And there is number four, young Walt, clutched in the side of the door, and he reaches his arm out. Allah, uh, uh, come with me if you want <laughs> for you guys to pull you into the van. And so the two of you were able to kind of like leap into the van. And um, it's at this point that Murray's like, where's your friend? Where's your friend?
0: Just go, 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 go. We can't, we cannot, we cannot. Are you kidding me, Derek? We cannot leave your friend. We can't have a murder on our hands. We're only teenagers. This will follow us for the rest of our lives. We have to, we have to save Droopy drawers. This kid can clearly talk to animals. We are in a forest. Walt, command all of the animals to bring us our friend.
2: (laughs) Number four looks at you like, Walt, Walt, I, I remember that and uh, murray is just like talk to animals what the fuck <laughs> and he's like racing and it's at this point now we see headlights in the road coming towards us this black lincoln town car with the windows tinted and we can see in the illumination of murray's headlights piercing through the front windshield this woman uh connie frazier as it was agent of hawkins lab driving the car frantically and we see her kind of like bear down leaning over the wheel coming towards you and murray's like uh, oh well i guess if i'm gonna die during a game of chicken that's all right boys and he like tilts back <laughs> the vodka take oh my god <laughs> and then uh, don't try this at home kids really there's a there's a, any of this like motion as um you see this big kind of like yellow shape suddenly surge into the front seat of the car and agent fraser connie like loses control Control the wheel and and her town car her uh black creepy hawkins lab vehicle spins in the road crashing into a tree where it like wraps at the side of itself around the trunk of this tree and one of the windows is shattered out and out of the car jumps this yellow lab that was clearly in the back seat and murray's like what and and you hear walt like vincent and and he's like, let the dog in, let the dog in. And he, he like pulls the, the door open again. And I think we see Vincent like run up next to the car and like leap into the van with you as you guys streak off into the night. And um yeah. And then I
1: Derek replies, looks like this mission has gone to the dogs. <laughs>
2: and so yeah I think that um, the scene fades out of like the taillights of the van kind of kind of veering (laughs) into the darkness of the night and we open back up with uh, the four of you and this dog and Murray has kind of got his brow furrowed looking at this one sheet and he's like well it's a shame about your friend it's really a shame about the rest of that file and you could hear the kind of like lack of humanity in his voice as he says it but he's like but this at least is a place to start He says, I'll I'll get your friend to New York, him and his little dog, too. Don't worry about it. (laughs) What about Droopy Drawers? Is he really dead? (laughs)
1: He's dead, dude. (laughs) Wait, I'm so upset about that. <laughs> Droopy drawers got gobbled up by the Demogorgon.
0: I gotta be honest, I'm really upset about <laughs> Droopy drawers, and like I feel like I feel the momentum of like this is about to end, and Droopy drawers will have no justice, and I'm not okay
1: with well, it. Well, how how upset do you, how upset do you think Derek is now? He lost his drummer, and now they can't it doesn't get, like, a seem place. like he's that upset. He went for the file. He didn't even try to save. He his was friend. in shock, and he grabbed the file when it's clear his friend was gobbled up. I think Derek just made a choice at the moment. Do you not think he's hurting too? He's very clearly hurt by this. <laughs>
0: I'm just very, I'm, I'm mortified by it. Like I'm, I think I'm staggered by the lack of humanity in my brother. I always thought that he was the empathetic one, and I was the stone cold badass. And now it appears our roles have shifted. Do not
1: paint uh, him in a sociopathic light. He made a decision in the can moment. All I do that he re- is paint Derek. That's he regrets. All that I have. He regrets his decision. Derek's in a very bad mood right now that he lost one of his best friends. Meanwhile, as we're
0: having this argument, Drewby George comes back to life and is like, "Hey, guys." I'm totally fine.
2: Rich. Well, we, uh, we all know the, the canon of the Stranger Things universe. It's uh, perhaps as we come to the finale of episode one, The Brothers Klein, uh, you know, perhaps we could postulate as to what might happen in episode two, The Vanishing of Droopy Drawers. Oh,
0: God, yeah. <laughs> yeah, Derek, we can't we can't go back home until we go back to the forest and find Droopy Drawers. It's the cliffhanger we can
1: leave. We can we on. can we can definitely do that. I think that Derek, yeah, Derek's in a very almost inconsolable mood right now i think as uh, a sort of shoring up uh going to new york i think uh they've sort of parked along the side of whatever you know rustic road they're on and Derek is sort of like you know put sent himself into the woods for a little bit to have a good cry about just everything that happened and the guilt that he's feeling over losing his friend
2: right and I think that that's like uh, the opening of our closing montage right as we see like Murray kind of driving all of you guys to um, gosh like the junkyard that we see the kids in in season one of Stranger Things and like parking in this kind of inconspicuous out of the way spot to deposit you two so you can return back home before the sun comes up and Hawkins uh, number four very kind of like emotionally tears in his eyes like hugs you two and uh, we we see uh, Vincent the dog kind of like Lick each of you, and Murray, like just you know, giving you the consolation speeches, but also handing Kevin Klein a knot of cash, and uh, yeah, I, I think it's the you know, it's the two of you kind of like um crying and consoling each other, and but
0: money can't buy back droopy drawers.
1: <laughs> it can buy a lot of belts, but it can't buy droopy drawers. <laughs> no, it can't.
2: <laughs> oh no! And, uh, yeah, I think to that end, that's that is how we close episode one of Tales from the Upside Down. Yeah, the, the Klein brothers making their way home, lamenting the loss of Droopy Drawers, and considering their plans on what they're going to do to try to find him. Yeah,
0: and we pass by the the mural one last time that the the final mural that I'd made that included the the image of Droopy Drawers, and we stop down. And I I spray paint some clothes on him to give him just <laughs> a, a modicum a, a modicum of dignity and decency. Uh, yes, then droopy, droopy then I'll at least have dignity on. It. Yeah, <laughs> and and clothes. So, uh, and clothes scene. Wow, There you go! Now wow, played a role playing game. Oh my
1: god! How does how does it feel, Josh, to officially have that cherry promptly popped?
0: I feel awful about Droopy Drawers. I can't believe that this ended with the death of Droopy Drawers, or at least the vanishing of Droopy Drawers, so now I feel unsatisfied. Uh But other than that, I feel fantastic. This is very, very fun. Very, very funny. I can really see how people get very into it, because it's just very elaborate, it's propulsive, uh, it's inventive, it's imaginative. Uh, I hope that this was easy enough for people to follow along back home, uh, but it was a it was an absolute blast to participate in. Rich, you're a very gifted DM. Absolutely,
2: I don't know about that. I very much appreciate the compliments. I just want to say that um, you know I have been listening to post show recaps. Since it's inception. I've listened to many hours of both you guys entertaining me through uh, all manner of states in my life, and I, I'm just so honored that you guys invited me on and uh, had me participate in this and i hope it was fun and i certainly hope it was fun to listen to um if i had 10 hours then it would be a much different story than it was today but i thought that this was a fun little way to kind of go through the motions and and play with this game a little bit and tell a cool little story that uh yeah has some fun touchstones to the things that we all love over here
1: absolutely i mean i will say there were some twists and turns that i did not necessarily expect uh, i loved getting to role play in particular uh, i feel like Joshua and i sort of have a brother like dynamic as it is so the fact that we got to bring that into our role playing is very fun and i mean i always have a blast getting to do this it really does combine two of my favorite things in improv and storytelling so i'm happy i finally got to do that for the first time on a podcast and rip droopy drawers R.I.P.
0: D- R.I.P. droopy drawers. Long live, uh, Walt Lloyd, aka number four. Rich, rich with the, uh, with, I don't know if it was the, the intentional or the unintentional, very, very excellent branding, uh, and plug and, and marketing campaign for what I think that, Mike, we could just like out loud say because yeah. we're, we're in the week. If you look at your calendars, folks, uh, we are, we are dropping this the week. Uh, That August 15th falls upon 8.15, a very powerful day for fans of the long-since-deceased ABC hit show Lost. And my friends, we do have to go back. Mike Bloom and I... Launching our official rewatch of Lost on 8.15 with a big announcement episode with the full rewatch beginning 8.23. Uh, another series of numbers that are very fun for the Lost fans. So if you have made it this far, nearly two hours into a Stranger Things RPG podcast, you have earned this information. uh Get your podcast feeds ready at Post Show Recaps on your podcast app of choice for the morning of 8.15. As Mike and I head back to the island for what is surely going to be a ridiculous series of podcasts over the next couple of years,
1: it's going to be so much fun. I we have a very good plan for it, and I'm very very excited. About we have it. drawn a blast door map for the past month or so that I feel like we finally have sketched out in terms of the stations that we're visiting. Uh, but I've I've loved all the. Unorthodox type of stuff we've been doing on post show recaps as of late. This included, because it's a perfect segue into the ultimate show of mystery and weirdness that is lost and i cannot wait to go week by week with you josh and i'm sure we'll have you know plenty of lost guests and mentions along the way who knows maybe uh one day one of our bonus podcasts can be that rich will have us run a a tales from the island or tales from the from the swan station uh simulation between two members of dharma before the incident
0: Tales from the Tailies. uh, There we go. Could even be. from the Loop. Yes. uh, So keep an ear out for that. The the Lost podcast is going to be coming your way on your post-show recaps uh, uh, feed in just a couple of days. As Mike says, there will be bonus Lost podcasts along the way. The mechanism by which they are triggered uh, shall be discussed in the podcast itself. And there's certainly room for some experimental stuff. Uh, much as there was on Lost. Uh, our Philly, what do you got going on? Where can people find you on the Internet? Let's plug some stuff.
2: Uh, you can find me on Twitter, I suppose. I am Wharfrat Rat 1625, the most difficult name you possibly could come up with. But uh, it's wharf like a wharf by the water, Rat 1625. And yeah, I'm not doing anything exceptional, just living life. Maybe someday I'll get back.
0: Your life is exceptional, so you are doing exceptional mm-hmm. things, as far as Appreciate I'm concerned. It. I have
2: my weekly D anD D game that I play with such uh, post show recaps friends as as Kurt Clark and Mike has played in it many times, and our boy Mac Worthington, Alex Kidwell. So that's it. I'm just running my uh, my RPG games, listening to you guys, watching all the stuff we love, and and yeah.
0: All right. We've got a lot coming your way on Post Show Recaps in the near future. The Lost Rewatch begins this week. Succession Season 2 coverage with the great Emily Fox is also launching this week. It's all happening. It's all real. Get psyched. All right, everybody. Take care. Thanks, Rich. This was fantastic. Thank you. Thank you guys so much. All right. See you guys soon. Bye.